by listening, you really get to know yourself. And when you know who you are, you can walk into a room, you are far more confident. But if you go, I know who I am for yeah. good and for bad. I know the things I'm working on. I know the things I'm good at. And I'm here and I'm holding space. Confidence comes when you know yourself. That was my friend, Jill Nicolation. And you are in for a treat. Jill is not only very successful, she's also very thoughtful and generous. In this episode, you're going to hear my conversation with Jill, where we talk about the power of self-listening, what it is, why it's important, and how to do a better job of it. Are you ready? Let's do this. Let's talk about talk. Welcome to Talk About Talk, episode number 126. Today, we're talking about the power of self-listening. I am really excited about this episode here today. And yeah, I know I say that all the time, but I really mean it. For starters, it's been a while since I've had an episode with a guest, right? And I'm really excited for you to hear the conversation between me and Jill. As some of you know, I worked with Jill years ago when we were both working as brand managers at Kraft Foods. And since then, our careers have taken very different directions. But recently, we reconnected, and we've got a lot to talk about. This episode is also radically different from the previous 125 episodes, which were exclusively in audio. We're on YouTube, people. Sure, I released a few of the past episodes on YouTube, but there's no video to those episodes. So this is a whole new adventure for me. So if things sound a little different, well, it's because I'm thinking not just about the audio quality, but also suddenly now also about the video. Look at me. I'm leveraging my growth mindset, trying new things. Yes, I'm a bit nervous, but I'm keen to make this happen. Okay. In case we haven't met, let me introduce myself. My name is Dr. Andrea Wojnicki, and I'm your executive communication coach. Please just call me Andrea. If you go to the talkabouttalk.com website, you'll find many resources there to help you out. There's information about one-on-one -on -one coaching with me, online courses, corporate workshops, the archive of this bi-weekly podcast, and I really hope you'll sign up for the Talk About Talk newsletter. That newsletter is your chance to get communication coaching from me every week. All right, here's how this episode is going to go. First, I'm going to introduce my friend, Jill Nicolation. And then you'll hear and see, if you're on YouTube, my conversation with Jill. And then I'm going to wrap it up with three things. Yes, of course, it's three things. The power of three. Three things that you can start doing right now to leverage this power of listening to yourself. Sound good? Okay, if you're a longtime listener of Talk About Talk, you might know that I interviewed Jill exactly two years ago for Talk About Talk episode number 75 called communicate like a boss. That was in the middle of the pandemic. And that episode is still one of the most popular episodes of all 125 episodes to date. So I really hope you'll give it a listen. And I'll leave a link to that episode in the show notes. And you can always find it on the talkabouttalk.com website. I have to tell you, Jill's made some amazing changes since then, dare I say, as a result of listening to herself. Here goes Jill's bio. Jill was the co-founder and CEO of one of Canada's most awarded advertising and branding agencies, Juniper Park TBWA. She and her team created award-winning work for clients, including Apple, Lay's, the Chicago Tribune, CIBC, Nissan, Miller, GoDaddy, and Virgin Mobile, just to name a few. During the pandemic, her team created the Signal for Help the hand signal used by women in crisis, like this, thumb in, fingers down, signaling, there's violence in my house, please help. The signal for help is confirmed to have saved the lives of at least eight women around the world to date. And it's been embraced by police forces and schools all around the globe. Side note, Jill told me once that this is one of her most prized accomplishments the thing that she's most proud of. I'm really proud of her for doing that too. Amazing. Additionally, Jill's been recognized by WXN in 2021 as one of Canada's three most powerful CEOs. 
She was named to Ad Age's list of U.S. women to watch, and she also won awards from the Globe and Mail. Jill and her team have won every major award across the globe for both creativity and business impact. Most recently, Jill and her team were awarded the coveted Glass Gold Lion at the Cannes Festival and the Global Oscars of Advertising held in France each year. Jill's leadership approach has been written about in Fast Company and Harvard Business School, just to name a few places. After 30 years, yes, 30 years of creating disrupting brand campaigns, Jill recently decided to close that chapter. She's now leaning into her gifts for helping people grow as a life coach. She will be a guest facilitator next year in 2024 at the Modern Elder Academy in Baja, Mexico, the world's first midlife wisdom school. You go, girl. Wow. All right. Here's Jill. Thank you so much, Jill, for joining us here today on the Talk About Talk podcast to talk about self-listening. Oh, it's a pleasure to be back. Thanks for having me. So as I already shared uh, with the listeners, um, you and I were having a conversation about communicating like a boss, about communication superpowers, and we talked about how confidence and storytelling and all sorts of other things, personal branding, are really critical to effective communication. And, and we agree that probably listening is, if we had to choose, the most important. And you had this incredible insight <laughs> that not only should we be listening to others, but we really need to listen to ourselves. What do you mean by that? What I mean by that is if you really want to step into who you are and you really want to be your authentic self, you need to know who you are. Like one thing people say a lot is I want to be, be authentic. I'm like, okay, authentically what? Mm. Right. <laughs> you need to know. Who, <laughs> most people go, oh, because yes, you can be authentic. Do you know who you are? Right. Well, that's because personal you, branding. That's it's personal not- branding. And it's, and it's inner knowing. And not who you think you need to be for that moment, but do you know who you are and therefore which lenses of yourself you bring to different situations? Because you might bring your whole self. You might bring, I'm going to bring the business side of me here. I'm going to bring, it might be different to how you parent. But most people have not done, my, and this is like a journey I've been on too, is just who are you so you can show up as your authentic self? So that's what I mean by that. And to know who you are, you have to go inward you go, who am I? And who am I now? Not who was I before, but who am I now? Because we we change and we evolve. And, and that's, you know, you talk about a growth mindset. The growth mindset is always like, who am I now? Because we're not fixed. We definitely are not fixed. We're Jill, not fixed. this conversation is already going in directions that I did not <laughs> foresee. Wow. My brain is, as always, exploding. So, so... I'm hearing from you that a critical part of listening to yourself is, first of all, taking the time to, and the discipline, I suppose, right? To thinking critically about who you are, what your identity is, what your strengths are, what you stand for, understanding, as you said, that it will change over time Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it will change to some extent, depending on the context. I, I, I take that back. It's not that who you are changes, but it's how you present yourself, what parts of yourself that you present will change depending on the context. And I think parts of you might change too. Like I know I am not the same person I was 10 years ago, for sure not 20 years ago, but mm-hmm. not five years ago either. I am different than even before the pandemic. Like I, I know and I like that I've softened. And I, and I'm aware of that. And I think, cause I really like you, I love growth. I like personal growth and I, and, and what that means in, in order to grow, I, I do think you need to soften. I think when you have armor on and you're tough, I, I think it's harder to grow. I think growth happens when you soften and you look, and I think, you know, it, you said it, you know, it takes curiosity. It also takes courage. Mm. It's a lot of courage to look at yourself because you may not there might be stuff in there you're not ready to see or face. So that's part of the softening that has to happen too, is going inside. Mm-hmm. The softening sounds a lot like uh, like vulnerability. Yeah, yes. And acceptance and compassion. Um, and sometimes a kick in the pants and yeah. right, all the things. 
So all these things that you're mentioning are things that also you and I spoke about in terms of communicating with others, right? So, yes. so being vulnerable with others and giving people a kick in the pants when they need it. Or mm-hmm. you, you talked about, for example, giving space to people to encourage them to talk. Yeah. And now you, it kind of what I'm hearing is giving space to yourself yeah. to think about yourself or to be quiet and softer with yourself. Mm-hmm. So, yep. so before we deep dive into self-listening, mm-hmm. What do you think, I guess, at a, in a very general level, some of the similarities and differences are between listening to yourself versus listening to others? Oh, such a good question. I, I think because it is very similar. It's just, why do we go external? You know, I think we, it's easier to, and, and it is often easier to go, you know, a friend will tell you something or a colleague, you'll, well, you know what's happening and you can see it. Yeah. But it's like, you know, when you're in it, it's hard to look inward. It, you, you you literally can't see it all. You can feel it most often. And you can hear a voice, but we usually tune that out. I was thinking this. We tune it out when it's constructive, when it's negative. Boy, do we listen. Um, yeah, you're not good enough. I don't think you're prepared. Like you really listen to that, but you don't listen to go, are you in the right place? Is this really what you're meant to do? Could you have maybe been a bit kinder? We don't hear that voice, but we hear the critical voice. That's also something interesting, which I think is true in communication. Like when people give you a performance review, you the one negative thing yeah. you hear. And I was reading, there was a study that says we, we remember it in great detail. Right. We remember negative, we, we remember criticism in great t- detail, but praise, we kind of go, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, they said something like, I don't know, I was good at this. And I think the same is true. Isn't it the five to one rule? You need to say five good things to one negative because that's how people yep. hear them. Yep. So it's the so same that, with yourself. Yeah. In in uh, in relationships, there's there's this research about they can predict whether a, a marriage relationship will last based on the proportion of positive, not even neutral, but positive. Yes. Comments that Gottman's neutral. Yeah. Gottman's. Yes. Gottman's so I think we can apply this to self talk. Hundred percent can. Right. Hundred percent can. Yeah. Yeah. Are you being, yeah, not just neutral, but positive towards yourself? What's yeah. your self-talk like? We're, we're going to talk about self-listening, but part of listening is, are you, how are you talking to yourself? Yeah. Um, are you giving those positive things to you? So, so I think it might be interesting for us to explore this idea of like categorizing what it is that we're listening to. Okay. So you mm-hmm. said that there are these, I'm paraphrasing, there mm-hmm. are these sort of immediate and negative things, right? Mm-hmm. So um, J- Judith Humphrey, uh, one of my previous guests talked about the crow on your shoulder, maybe yes. talking imposter syndrome, like you don't belong here. You're not right. credible. You don't have the status. They're going to realize you're an imposter. So there's the crow, which could also be, you know, the negative feedback that you get. Um, mm-hmm. Perhaps the one negative thing or the thing that the development area that your manager shared with you, as opposed to all of the glowing things, it's the one thing yeah. that you hear. So there's the kind yeah. of immediate negative thing and then you also talked about the bigger picture, longer term, more higher level mindset things like, are you in the right place? Are you doing what you need to do? So that can mm-hmm. be positive or negative, I yeah. think. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay, so let's build this out. Okay. What else is in okay. this model? So I, I think in the negative side, I think what, what stops us from looking inward is that negative side is so big. And, and we talked about five to one, it feels at least right, <laughs> maybe bigger. But you think about with feelings of inadequacy, I'm not enough, insecurity, like lacking of confidence. And I think also scarcity mindset. Oh my God, there's not enough to go around. I have to get my fair share. I've got to get this this promotion right now. So I think inadequacy, insecurity, and scarcity are very loud voices in our minds, in our in our heads that that get us tripping over ourselves or going down the wrong path yeah. or not showing up as our best self because we're so distracted by these, by this self-talk that you go like, who put this narrative of, you know, I think we talked about this last time, the not enoughness is such a universal, like, am I even good enough for this job? Am I good enough for this? Or am I, yeah, am I enough? But then the lack of confidence, like, I think I am, but I don't know. Like how many people walk into a boardroom and don't take the center seat? Right. Most people don't. They sit, well, right. I'm not there. I'm not there. Right. I want to take that right. seat. And 
Yeah, like shows up in many forms. And then I think scarcity mindset is also a big one. I once I've been looking for it and was thinking about it as I was coaching somebody and I was like, and start seeing it ever go, oh yeah, like do you believe the world is abundant or do you believe things are scarce? Right. I very much have an abundant mindset. I think there's enough to go around of everything. I have to tell you, as you're talking about the abundance and scarcity mindset, Jill, the thing that is really top of mind for me these days is in some ways I am very much about an abundance and growing the pie. And and some of my indirect competitors I've reached out to and asked them about collaborating. And Mm -hmm. honestly, they're, they're shocked at first. And then they, and then they say, Andrea, you clearly, you have an abundance mindset. And I'm like, I kind of don't understand how you could feel otherwise, but, but that's, yeah. I mean, so there's, there's that yeah. whole kind of collaborating with potential mm-hmm. and, you know, to generalize that it could be walking into the boardroom and, and being, you know, counting the minutes, even implicitly, if not directly of airtime that certain people are taking. Right. So that's yeah. really kind of a scarcity yeah. mindset. Scarcity mindset. And, um, exactly. Or not being happy for someone else's promotion yeah. or, and because, we're always listening. And that's why I go back to feelings is how do you feel? And, um, and like, what's coming up for you? And, and you go like, Oh, is it resentment? Is it jealousy? You go, okay. So, so often we, we, things come through us and that's another way of saying, what are you listening to? You're listening to your own body language. Like, are you happy for others happiness? Right. Or are you jealous of it? Right. You know, or even worse, Schrodenfreud, where you're you take pleasure in other people's misfortune. Like yeah. <laughs> right? like yuck, but but it's out there. But you know, I just had an experience. I went surfing as at this taking this class. We went surfing at seven in the morning, and and it struck me most people didn't get up. I got up like five out of seven times my first time. I was so I was like, oh my God, I'm surfing at 52. I'm learning how to do this. And my classmates were like, Jill you're up. Oh my gosh. And afterwards, like you were wrong. And I was thinking, and I actually said to them, all of you are so happy for my happiness. Mm. And I am, I am aware because I, I learned to create some distance and observe, I'm observing how in awe I am at how generous all of you are in taking pleasure in my happiness because wow. most of them didn't get up. And so for me in that moment, because it felt so like, this is so rare, I realized Freuden, it's called Freuden, Freudenfreud, right. uh, is so rare. So, and I remember thinking, oh yeah, that's not very common. Most people aren't that happy for other people's happiness. Yeah. I wonder why that is. Did you ask yourself whether you would have had the same response genuinely? Yeah, I, I, I actually am really happy for other people's happiness because I think that's how you get an abundant mindset is you go, I can be happy for you. Because it didn't come from my bucket. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So why not be happy? And then by putting out there the sense that, no, like, this, I'm going to get my share too. Like, just because you are winning doesn't mean I'm losing. Mm-hmm. By that mindset, it, it creates a self-belief that, yeah, because so I, I, I am going to win too. If, if I was worried that that was the only one, then I, then that would be sad. But, yeah. but I know I actually do practice that because I do believe I do believe that, and again, we'll, we'll and get into this later, but the vibration that we put out, mm-hmm. if I am happy for you, because I think there's enough to go around, then I, I'm attracting there's enough to go around. Exactly. Oh, I a thousand percent agree mm-hmm. with that, Jill. And I, mm-hmm. so I, I do want to go back to sort of categorizing. Oh yeah, sorry. But, but I, I want to, I guess, put a bow on this idea of scarcity mindset. And you very Mm -hmm. eloquently talked about like winning and losing. And it's not that if you win, I lose or vice versa. Right. I think there's real power. And I I know you agree with this, that when we are sensitive to our scarcity or abundance mindset, Mm -hmm. um, there's real power in that. And, and, and the energy that you put it into celebrating others, even if you are selfish, yeah, like you'll see that it does come back to you, right? And and the other thing I want to say is that if you really do, maybe we can take this idea of a scarcity mindset and put it back on ourselves. And it's not Mm -hmm. scarcity in the context of versus others, but it is versus time. And this is is getting a little bit philosophical, right? Mm -hmm. But the time that we have on the planet, Mm -hmm. each of us as individuals, 
is every day it's diminishing, right? So, yeah. so if you if you feel like there's anything to be concerned about in terms of scarcity, mm-hmm. it's your own time. So so turn your attention away from competing yeah. in the win lose scenario versus others, and sh- and shift your attention more to like how can I best myself. And then that brings us to what I was talking about before your, your comment about the higher level things. Like, am I doing the right thing? Am I being kind? Am I all Mm -hmm. this other stuff? So, so we have this immediate, immediate, um, negativity perhaps that we're focused on. We have the higher level mindset, the whole identity, how I show up in the world. What Mm -hmm. else are we listening to? Do you think? I think we're listening to others. I think we're listening to others take on who we are. You should be doing this. You should be doing that. You know, and then it shapes like, am I a good enough mom? Am I the best boss? Am I, am I doing what's right? You know, for the organization. But, but that's why I went back to the beginning of, but who are you? Because it's really easy to get swung around by, by listening to other people's things. If you don't know who you are. So for example, Brene Brown has a really great exercise. She does before every workshop. She has this list of values. You may have seen it. And um, I did it with a with a with my personal board of directors. We I said we should all do this, and it was fascinating. So you should you can only pick two. She was first you're going to pick ten, and then you're going to whittle it to two. What are the two values that drive you? Yeah. And so we picked ours, and what I realized is this: each of us are like, oh my god, your values are completely different than mine. So my yep. girlfriend had like just adventure. I'm like, oh my gosh, you do always choose the adventurous route. Right. I hadn't thought of it. Yeah. That's not mine. You know, that's not mine. My, so once you know yourself, for anyone listening, you want to know it. Mine is learning. I was like learning slash growth. I lo- I love to learn. So I will walk in. I'm going to do it. I won't be great at it, but I'm going to learn something. I love it. My second one was more new for me. It's wholeheartedness. Mm. I, I think I got that through the pandemic. I don't want to come up come in as a version or a piece of myself. I want to be my whole self now and my hearted self too. Um, my, we talked last time about leading from the feminine. So that's a big one for me that I'm stepping into, but that isn't anyone else's. So then I'm like, cause I know that yep. when someone gives me, you know what you should do, Jill, or you know what? No, Jill, like I was expected more from you. I'm like, Oh, that's not how I'm wired. That's not my authentic self. Yeah. Going back to, so then I can actually be more selective on what I'm hearing. And then I can go, well, that's interesting advice. I know it's not actually for me because people, even well-intentioned, give you advice through their lens and their values. I was going to say, when they say, I was expecting this from you, in -hmm. your head, at least, if not explicitly and, and directly, you would say, well that's you imposing your identity on me or your values or whatever it is. Right. Correct. um, Uh, Yeah, I agree. So I I think it's really important and that's a great tool. And she said, you know, she has a podcast on it, but she, she talked about, she does, she starts all her workshops because that way know how, know what your compass is. Before you start listening to others. With my uh, clients, whether it's workshops or one-on-one coaching, we go through an exercise that's very similar. It's on, Mm. it's archetypes. So I present 12 different archetypes. And Mm -hmm. so your learning archetype, I would say, is the sage. It's it's, uh, devouring information and also sharing information. I think Mm -hmm. that's obviously a strength uh, and and passion of yours, right? Mm -hmm. And then the other one, what was the term that you used for it? It was... Values? Oh no, uh, wholeheartedness. Uh, wholeheartedness. Yeah, wholeheartedness. So, mm-hmm. um, so the the archetype that um, connects with that is the lover archetype. But I call it because because I'm coaching yes. professionals, right? Nobody yeah. would self-identify as the lover until right. I changed the term to impassioned. And literally, oh, yesterday, I like that. Yeah. yeah, I was coaching yeah. a gentleman, and he's like, "Oh," and we read the description together. It's like you're like all in on life, on your friends. You're inclusive. Mm-hmm. You're devoted. You're and and it's all in this idea of being all in. All in. On, I love that on things. And so, so what, I'm diagnosing, what are yours? diagnosing you, Jill. As yeah, a, I like it. An yeah. impassioned sage. Mm-hmm. I love and, it, and I would agree. I would agree. What are yours? Okay. I am magician and sage. So, um, for oh. those of, for those of you that are watching on on the video, here's my bookshelf behind me, and I have many more books elsewhere in my house. Right, so I've yeah. always got my books, and I I can't wait to read just just like you, Jill. Like I, it's yeah. my, one of my favorite things to do. Mm-hmm. But, but my my other archetype that I really resonate with is the magician. So, 
So taking my clients on a spiritual journey yeah. and, and helping impact their life in a positive way is like my happiest yeah. thing in the world, really. Yeah. Yeah. That's excellent. And again, going back to like, and once you know that about yourself, then you're, then what you listen to, or even yourself that you listen to, you can narrow the field. You can edit like a big part of growing is editing. Yeah, we can accumulate knowledge, but you got to edit it. Which, which knowledge is for me? Which yeah. advice is for me? Yeah, I would Not say you. I would say you're interpreting, right? So interpreting. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you have noise all around you, mm-hmm. and you have to, you know, avoid it or argue with it, right? Or yeah. you can internalize it, or you can learn from it, or you mm-hmm. can whatever. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think really understanding your personal identity. And values is otherwise you're gonna get swung around. Yeah. Like there's just too much wisdom out there or or advice, well-intentioned advice. Like one of the things I and this uh, Victor Frankel. Um, I don't know if he said it, he's attributed to him. I remember in second year, third year business school, I could take any elective. I took all the psychology courses and um there was a health course I took, and we read Victor Frankel's book, Man's Search for Meaning, and I loved it. And there's a quote that some attribute to him. I let's just say it's his, but it doesn't matter. Okay. What I love it is, and this is what I practice between stimulus and response, there is a space. Yes. In that space is our power to choose our response. Mm-hmm. And in our response lies our growth and our freedom. I love that because so often, if you think about when listening, it's like before you react pause what how am I feeling about that what's coming up for me like uh, all all of the things so often we go through life we're moving so fast got a million things to do we were coming from insecurity and scarcity and we're not creating a pause going why am I racing so hard yeah why is why am I snapping at that person yeah, yeah. why am I feeling so insecure when I know like, or having imposter syndrome to use you think why do I have imposter syndrome? I know I'm good at what I do. Right. And that pause gives you a moment to go, where is this coming from? Is it true? Is this my, is this something else someone put in my head? Did I put this in my head? I love that quote because so much can happen in that pause if we take it. So in the way you just sort of role played that moment, I heard question after question after question. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking mm-hmm. when I'm coaching executives on listening, it's not just it's not just not talking. It's encouraging other people to talk and then interpreting what they're saying in verbally and through their body language. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So so, but a powerful tool in making that happen is asking questions and asking the most effective questions. And then I heard mm-hmm. you in this context of self-listening talking about asking yourself questions. So yeah. When we pause, we create an opportunity for ourselves to ask ourselves important questions so that we can respond in in a more thoughtful way, right? That's aligned with our values, that's aligned with our identity. Mm-hmm. And, and and we can also learn, like, by in the pause, I'm trying to think I can give some examples, but it's like, yeah, anyway, but you go, in the pause, you go, this is interesting, I'm getting my backup. Yeah. You know, this is interesting. Um, I'm already tuning this person out. Right. Or this interesting. This like uh, I'm feeling agitated, and and I w- this can't possibly be the reason. I wonder where the beginning is. Mm. What is this reminding me of? Yeah. Because I know it's not this. Um. Like, what is this moment teaching me? Right. Right. And and so that's where the go put the growth mindset on the pause. If you just look, if you ask yourself a compassionate inquiry, um, get really compassionate yourself, going, My goodness, I am not at my best in this moment. I love that. <laughs> right? I, love that. I can imagine, I can imagine uh, Jill's thought bubble, like, woo, you could do better, honey. Right. I can do better. And I say that to to my partner. I'm like, okay, that's not it's not coming out as I want. So I'm acknowledging that yeah. this is attached to something else. I wonder what it is. Yeah. I say that even to my daughter too. We talk that way. It's like, That's awesome. That is awesome. That is awesome. So, so this, you know, people, when they, when they talk about and think about communication, it's about with other people. And usually it is about talking. And mm-hmm. here we are saying 
it's actually about listening and it's as much about listening to yourself. And I, I did a recent episode on self-awareness, which is very closely linked to what we're talking about. Right? Yes, I and listened. I, I keep thinking about the three types of, you know, you could think of it as two types of, of self-awareness. There's the, there's the being conscious of your consciousness. So, so internal mm-hmm. self-awareness, and then there's external. So what impact are you having on others? Yeah, and what's the dynamic? Um, but I, I, I really prefer the, perhaps not surprisingly, the the model that has three types of self-awareness. There's mm-hmm. there's your being conscious of your consciousness. There's bodily self-awareness. So you just said, the, the, I was thinking about this when you said you got your back up. It's like you physically yeah. and yeah. metaphorically got mm-hmm. your back up, right? Mm-hmm. So there's bodily mm-hmm. self-awareness. And there's and there's kind of the the social self awareness, so being aware of of the impact and the social dynamic. Yeah. Um, Mike, this is a big question, Jill. But can you elaborate on what you think the benefits are of of thinking about these types of self awareness and really listening to yourself? So so if you are a good listener to yourself, what mm-hmm. what are the benefits of it? Which I guess we've kind of implied throughout this conversation. Yeah. And then specifically, what if you don't do it? Oh, interesting. Yeah. I'm going to go with the do first. Okay. Um, yeah. So the do, I would say, like when I take time to listen to myself, which I don't always do, but I really try to practice, when I do there's a peace that comes over me. Mm. There's a contentment that comes. There's a compassion for myself going, oh, that's what that was. When something comes up, when I, when something, I listen, I go, yeah, I, I'm, I'm triggered or I'm react, going too fast. Why am I going so fast? What is the rush? You know, and, and, or why am I snapping at that person? Why does this topic feel uncomfortable for me? Why can't I sit? in this topic. Mm. Why can't I be here? I wonder what that's about. And when I go, when I get still and I go inside, I go, oh, it's that. It reminds me of that. And then to me, that gives me, I thought I had dealt with that. I haven't maybe. And so there I go, okay, well then the gift in that is I get, I'm aware I need to go maybe put that to bed or address that with that person if it's outstanding or I have to go where's my insecurity coming from like it gives me if I can get still with it and I look at it it, so and then if I can address it it almost always gives me a sense of peace and okay okay because what happens is in that moment I grew in that moment of understanding like or even just just disassociating yourself for a second to say like almost become an observer of yourself, yep. an observer of your thought. Yep. In psychology, in psychology, they call it the looking glass self, right? Oh, okay. So okay. Yeah. So yeah, like that. So I just go, if you disassociate, if you just disconnect a little bit, then you then you can listen to yourself and you're like, Joe, this yeah. is not who you are. Like, what are you doing? And 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 then I I go, oh, just the mere fact I can pause and look at myself means I'm growing. Mm-hmm. And, and is, if anyone who's listening to your podcast must be into growth because this is the whole yep. topic, right? Yep. Like There's definitely a self-selection here, Jill. You know, yeah. I'm constantly shocked at the incredible growth mindsets that people have. And then I'm yeah. like, oh, but, but, but they do, of course they do. Of course they do because it's, this, you're yeah. all about getting, I mean, I, yeah. I, I have so many of your pockets. So like, oh, no, that is, that's going to help me be better at introducing myself. It's going to be better at whatever, all the things. So, so that's why I go, just the mere fact of me going, huh, I wonder what that's about mm-hmm. means I'm growing because I noticed it. And then the second stage of growth is then let's go take a little bit of a look at it. And sometimes you can look at it fully and sometimes you need some tools and sometimes it's a little too ouchy and sometimes, yeah, yeah you're going to need some practice, you know, like I'm going to repeat this, 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 this thing I do a little bit till I get better at it. Um, like my daughter, for example, she's like, you're always, you're always trying to fix it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I am always trying to fix it with her because I'm in a hurry. And why am I in such in a hurry? Like she's 19. Well, it's this but abundance thing that I was just saying, like time, you want right? to get it done. Yeah. Time. Yeah. And, I, and, and, and so part of me is like, so one of the things I practice with her, cause she said, mom, you're doing it again. I'm like, okay. So with her, I really practice trying to listen, but then I, I, I'm listening to myself going, 
Mm. You're trying to answer. You're trying to give her advice. She didn't ask her advice, Jill. Why are you giving her advice? Why do you not trust her? Do you think you're all knowing? Mm. Is it like you, you got somewhere else to be that's more important than listening to your daughter? Like so that's the, that's the talk I'm doing in my head. Um, as I'm trying to listen to her, I'm also listening to myself <laughs> go like, what, what are you, why, why are you, for example, why are you in such a rush? So, so what I'm hearing is the benefit of listening to yourself in a nutshell, simply put, is that you perhaps are accelerating your path to self-improvement yeah. and you're, and you're giving yourself a, a much higher probability of showing up as your best self in the future. Yes. By listening, you really get to know yourself. Mm -hmm. And when you know who you are, you can walk into a room, you are far more confident. (laughs) Don't you like if I don't know who I am, I'm showing up and I'm like, ah, you know, then you get imposter syndrome. Why? Because you're actually not being you. But if you go, I know who I am for good and for bad. I know the things I'm working on. I know the things I'm good at. And I'm here and I'm holding space and I'm doing confidence comes when you know yourself. Oh, you will be quoted on that. My friend, okay. <laughs> okay. So what, ha- what happens when you don't? I think when you don't, I, I think you just, I, I think you run yourself into a tizzy. I, I think when you're just, when you don't know yourself and you're trying on all these different hats, I think you, you, I think you get flustered. I think you get exhausted. You're carrying around a bag of hats. Like literally, I think like you think about energy is finite, right? If you are running around trying to be all things to all people or you're trying exhausting. different, right? It's exhausting. Yeah. But you go, no, I know who I am. I've got my two hats, my learning hat and my wholehearted hat. And those are why, that's how I bring myself to meetings. Yeah. And, and I, because I know how to listen to myself, I'm better apt to listen to you. The whole thing calms down, mm-hmm. I find. The whole thing calms down. Like I, 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 one thing I try and do is I always, tr- where's inflammation in the system and can we deflame things yeah. when we're not listening or listening to answer or even for ourselves or we're judging ourselves. That's another thing. I think we don't listen to ourselves because sometimes it's judgy, you know, but can we be non-binary? Can we, can we just say it's not good or bad? It just is. Right. Yes. Right? And. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So that you can, is there a way to take judgment off of our, ourselves and listen with compassion Yeah, um, is another way. So I want to, I want to leave the listeners with a list of, of ways that maybe you and I can brainstorm about how, how people can start listening to themselves better. And I'm going to tee off this list here with mm-hmm. asking yourself questions, yeah. either, you know, quietly in your mind, either in the moment or maybe later. Um, and then, and then the other one that comes to mind, just, it's sort of an obvious one, I think is journaling. Yeah. So do you, I think you told me that you do journal. I do journal. Um, I do journal, I free journal. So when I journal, I don't think I purposely just let it come out. The What's really going on? What the hell was that? Why am I like, I, I, I listen to write that. What the hell was that? <laughs> So, Jill, when when you listen to this later, you're going to realize you ask yourself questions all the time. This is amazing. I do, I do. I actually hadn't even thought of it, but I do. I I ask like, what's coming up for me? Like, what is it that I feel? Yeah. When when did I first know this? Because my my coach says to me like, I go, ah, oh, this thing's happening. Is and when did you first know this, Jill? I'm like, oh, three months ago. He goes, yeah, you're not listening to yourself. Uh-huh. You already knew, right? It's a good question. When did you first know? Um, oh. you know? What part of this do I own? One thing I love when I listen to myself is what is this teaching me? Mm-hmm. There's one thing I write in my journal a lot, or I say a lot to myself, a little mantra I have to myself is thank you. Mm. That's not a question. No, it's not. But the question that precedes thank you is what is this teaching me? Right, right. What is the gift in this moment? I just maybe got smacked down hard on something or I really made a blunder. What is this teaching me? Right. What part of it do I own? What's the gift in this that I can take forward? It came wrapped in a really crappy package, but it's a gift. And then I wrap it up. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, and that's how I kind of seal it into a growth opportunity. 
is to say it that way. But so, so yeah, so journaling, finding time to get quiet. One of the things I, I, I love podcasts. I love yours. I love podcasts. I love books. I'm always, but when I'm in the car, unless it's a long ride, yep. I'm quiet. It's quiet. Mm. It's quiet. I, I need it. And that's, you know, BJ Fogg talks about attaching things. You know, you listen to him, um, to, to habits. It just becomes when I drive, that's my, my quiet time. Right. I'm just thinking, I'm just letting the back of my brain process because in the stillness is where we can sort out our thoughts. Like when you're always taking in stimulus, yep. when are you going to listen to which of these things are right for me? Right. What really happened? Self-reflection happens in the quiet. Yeah. Yeah. Our brain is non-consciously processing uh, solutions, yeah. questions. Yeah interpreting uh you know should yeah. shoulda woulda coulda but also on the positive side right kind of yeah I remember Absolutely. I remember um sitting on the couch of Professor Jerry Zaltman one of my favorite professors on the planet so at Harvard smart. Business School and mm-hmm. he would ask me questions and I'd be like I think I need to think about it and he said you know what don't consciously think about it your brain has the question and now go off and we'll meet tomorrow and ah. yeah, so he's, he's all about like, don't, don't even worry about conscious. So, but I think that that yeah. sort of informs another, another methodology yeah. that we have for being a better listener to ourselves. We can sit and journal and whether it's free writing, like you mm-hmm. said, or whether yeah. you're asking yourself questions in a disciplined way and then forcing yourself to answer them. Yeah. And then there's doing that in your, yeah. in your conscious and non-conscious brain right? Yes. You're conscious and you're not. Yes. Because sometimes, oftentimes when I'm doing something else is what I think Dr. Zeltman said to you is he's, he's, I I agree. He's so smart. I love (laughs) his book about deep metaphors. So good. Um, You and I have similar bookshelves. When you, when you go and do something else, and usually for me, it's calmness. I'm walking in the woods. Mm -hmm. I'm taking a bath. Mm -hmm. The answers come. Yeah. When I'm staring at the question, they don't always come. But when I'm reflecting, or sorry, I'm not reflecting, when I'm doing something, when I'm calming my brain, often the answers come and the answers about yourself come. And we talked about knowing your values. I think that's a really good example um, of, of just like how to take in the stimulus and and, and edit and decipher. Um, we talked about... Talked last time about I keep a second notebook. Like there's a journal, but then I also carry a second notebook with me everywhere. And so these reflections that come up, I catch them, which is a way of like I listen to myself. And you know, I was in flow today. What was I doing that I lost track of time? Amazing. What was I doing? Amazing. And so I go like, oh yeah, I complete. And so you can see patterns that way. So I think that's really good. Um talked about being slow um i think the idea of of moving energy out ha- helps too because we live such stressful lives mm-hmm. and so one of the things i started doing oh it was a book by um it's called burnout it was by two sisters one's a doctor i can't remember it'll come to me yeah. but it's called burnout and they talked about stress can last a length of period but if you think about like, and it can block us and stress can shut us down and we contract, right? We contract. But if you want to be expansive, you've got to get that stuff out of you. And so getting, as I said, understanding what are you feeling mm-hmm. and then moving it out. And what they talk about is move it out every single day, even though the stressor might be multiple days long, move it out. So they go, you can walk, like literally move it out, walk it out, dance it out, create it out, cry it out. So that's why I talked to my daughter about is make sure there's like seven of them in the book. Let's do two each day to make sure we, so we don't have blockages for listening to ourselves, you know? So this idea, again, when we get blocked with stress or this busyness, so this treadmill, do something that, that, takes it away for a bit because then you can't really hear yourself if you got all this stuff shouting at you. Yeah. Uh, I love that. that. It's like, yes, it's, it's almost like, um, it, it's like a perhaps physical, but it's tangible catalyst to yes. 
get this, get rid of the stress, right? Yeah. And, and I make sure I'm conscious about it because I, I have a, like a room. I like, I go dance it out sometimes. I'm like, I've got to go put some of this stuff away. I, I said, Livia and her, and her boyfriend, I'm like, I'm going to go dance for half an hour. They're like, okay, <laughs> just close the door, mom. <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, I'm just dancing it out. Or when I'm walking my dog, I go, no, I'm consciously letting go of some things yeah. to make room for myself to hear. Yeah. Well, you're, being, you're being very mindful. You're being mm-hmm. very mindful about yeah. how you're spending your time. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that's a big one. And finding finding stillness, like to see again like the idea of of can you can you sit with yourself? Yeah. Many of us can't. Because if you can't sit with yourself, then something uncomfortable comes. How can you sit with that? Yeah, that's true. That's I think if it, right. Put another way, I think when we're avoiding sitting quietly with ourselves, what we're doing is we're avoiding some, we are consciously or non-consciously avoiding something that we're avoiding something. Uncomfortable. Busyness is avoidance. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, but we get curious with ourselves. Oh, like Dr. Is it not Dr. Ben, the maestro Ben Zander, Boston Harmonic Orchestra. Will I say okay. that right? And the kids one, he also teaches the kids orchestra. And Boston he says, yeah. yes, Boston, thank you. Yeah, thank you. And when he says when he's teaching people, he goes like, instead of, because he, he talks about this, talks about this, when we get hard on ourselves, we contract, like we make people, kids will make a mistake yeah. and they oh, yeah. shrink yeah. versus he says to say things like, how fascinating. Yeah, I read that. He's oh, <laughs> it's so great. So I talked to my staff about that. How fascinating. We screwed that up. How fascinating. We're yeah. better than that, but yet that, we did it wrong. That reminds me of uh, Sarah Blakely, the Spanx yes. billionaire, mm-hmm. right? And she mm-hmm. talks about her father. She thanks her father. All I've seen her on video and heard her and read her. And she yeah. talks about thanking her father for framing mistakes or, or failures as yes. learning and celebrating them. Uh, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and so he says this and I, 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 I try and use whatever phrase you want, but, but instead of going, ah, back to insecurity, I'm an idiot. It's like, how fascinating. Yeah. I don't know how to do this. Yeah. How fascinating. Uh, I thought I knew how to do this and I don't. Yeah. I yeah. love that. I love that. So yeah. Jill, I think we've created a list here of many, mm-hmm. I think ins- I'm feeling inspired ways of really making it easier for ourselves to listen to what's going on in our head, to, to, um, in a disciplined way, thinking about mm-hmm. our identity and our values and then pausing, right. And yeah. yeah, thinking about our reaction to things, um, and even our interpretation of things. So the, the kind of self-talk, um, and noticing things, yeah. Physically and of course mentally in terms of our responses. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to say before I ask you my two new rapid fire questions? Well, I, I you're making me think of a quote that I like. Uh, I love quotes uh, about the importance of listening and self-listening. And I think self-listening is a big part of self-acceptance, and self-acceptance is part of self-growth. And there's a great quote that I love. It's um by David. Augsburger, I think is how he pronounced his name. It's the senior professor of pastoral care at the School of Theology. And the way he says this is being heard is so close to being loved that for the average person, they're almost indistinguishable. Mm. And so if you think about learning to listen to yourself and hearing your inner thoughts, I'm scared. Mm. I'm proud, but I don't want to brag. Like you can go either way. Right. Hearing yourself is practicing self-love. Right. I was going to say hearing yourself is loving yourself. Exactly. Oh. And loving yourself is is an incredibly important part of growth. If you don't love yourself, if you aren't fascinated with yourself, if you aren't forgiving of yourself, how do you grow? You can't. And then as a mom, as a dad, as a leader, how do you show up? If you aren't self-accepting, and self-fascinated, how are you going to model that for the people who are you have the grace of being in your in your in your sphere? So I, I like that. We made you made me think of that quote, which I love. Oh, wow. Jill, I'm I'm feeling so optimistic 
Yeah, so am I. I always love talking with you. <laughs> about 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 life. You know, not just communicating as an executive, mm. but about life. So okay, let me quickly ask you okay. two new rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. Okay, question number yeah, one. Ready. I know you're going to nail this one. It's going to be tough to keep you to three, but can you recommend three books to talk about talk listeners? Yep, I can. Um, okay. So I would say, just give me a second because I'm going to, I'm going to have them here because you have a bookshelf. I have a bookshelf. Can't see it. This one, maybe it's you. <laughs> it's such a great title. That's hilarious. Maybe it's not everybody else. Maybe you should look inward. It's by uh, Lauren Zander. She's a coach and she's, like that New York kind of talk coach. So it's really, it's a fun read, but it's really blunt. Like maybe it's you. Maybe you gotta look in the mirror. Maybe you gotta ask yourself yeah, some choice. I love that. Maybe it's not mm-hmm. everyone else. Okay. I haven't read that. I definitely will. Next. It's, it's, it's good. Next one. I'd say this one. I love um, Brene Brown. All of her work yeah. is good, but this one, Atlas of the Heart, what are you thinking? And, and, and she delineates them, right? Like, yeah. Yep. Shame and, and, and yeah, you know, all the things. Yeah. yeah. I've, yeah. I've read, I've read that one. It's a good one. Yep. Yeah. Because compassion and pity are not the same thing. Right. Like, so, you know, are you having compassion for yourself? Or are you pitying yourself? Very different. Anyway, third one. This is a new one for me. Okay. Um, I'm just a month in. Doesn't Daily Jam. Oh. It's, yeah. It's just like a, you can see, but it's just like a little, once a day, little passage of perspective. Oh. So I gave this to my daughter and we read them together. Sometimes she's like, mom, I go, what does this say today? Because I'm going to chew on that mom. And so this is like self-reflection. Um, a, a, a good friend I just, good friend I just met, uh, gave me this, and and I, it, it's it's brilliant. It's a good way to start. Little doses. I'm gonna go buy two copies, and my daughter and I are gonna do the same thing. Thank yeah, you it's easy. You're welcome. Yeah, okay, yeah, and I'm gonna put links to those books plus the other books that we talked about. We talked about many of many books in the in our conversation. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna put links to all those books in the show notes. Question number two, the final question I'm gonna ask you is three podcasts. Uh, not talk about talk three podcasts other than, other than yours other you, than yours which i highly yes, recommend okay you would recommend um, to to yeah. the executives that are listening and we all know this they have a growth mindset what are yeah. the top three that you think the top three i have my growth mindset right now and my rotation my go-tos are um one rich role uh okay. just growth mindset good you know Ritual, amazing guest. Dr. Chatterjee's uh, Feel Better, Live More. Yep. Amazing guest. He he reflects right there on the spot. He, he teaches you self-inquiry right there. Sarah Grinberg, A Life of Greatness, is my absolute favorite. Okay. Uh, yep. She okay. asks incredible questions. Okay. I'm going to put all three of those in the show notes. Any last comments before we finish this amazing experience, I have to say? <laughs> um, well, I say thank you. This has been wonderful. You always our conversations, I always learn and you teach me and you get me to self-reflect. And, and, and so this is wonderful and I'm grateful. Thank you. I think the thing I'm it's coming up for me is the importance to grow. We need to soften. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we're taught that. I think we're taught to, to win. We get hard and we, we drive. I think we need to soften, maybe to use that metaphor of driving, take our hands off the wheel a little bit, just, you know, take some pauses. Um, and just soften. Growth happens in the softness, starting with yourself. And we are going to finish it there. Thank you so much, Jill, for sharing your time and your incredible insights. Thank you. You're very welcome. My pleasure. Isn't she great? Thanks again, Jill, so much for sharing your time, your insights, and your advice with us. You really are truly generous. And I can't wait to see your success as a life coach. I'm sure it's going to be great. Okay. I'm going to conclude as I always do with a summary. And I thought based on this wholesome conversation, it might be helpful if I identify three things, just three things that we can maybe all try to adopt to help us learn to become better listeners to our self-talk. Okay. So the first thing that I'm trying to do is watch the valence, watch the valence of my self-talk and particularly the ratio. Jill and I were talking about how we all have positive, neutral, and negative self-talk. So sometimes we're flattering ourselves. Sometimes it's neutral and very often it's critical. 
The point here is to think about what proportion of that self-talk in your head is positive, neutral, or negative, and really try to boost the positive conversation. So Jill and I briefly mentioned the Gottman ratio. Just for some background, you can Google it, and I'll, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Dr. John Gottman and his wife, Julia, uh, are the founders of the Gottman Institute. And as psychologists, they've been studying relationships and divorce rates and all sorts of things for, for decades. They came up with this ratio of five to one, where relationships that are successful and long-lasting have approximately or at least five positive comments for every one negative. And I thought it would be useful for us to use that as an objective in our own mind with our self-talk and make sure that we're targeting at least five times more positive self-talk versus negative self-talk. When you catch yourself saying something negative to yourself, ruminating or criticizing yourself, make sure you follow it up with five positive things. Okay. So that's the first thing. Watch the valence. The second thing that I thought was fantastic point that Jill pointed out again and again and again is the power of pausing. The power of taking a moment and thinking about the context that you're in and thinking about what's going on in your head and what's coming out of your mouth. You've probably heard this in the context of public speaking and maybe of answering questions that it's okay to take a moment to collect your thoughts before you share your thoughts publicly. And Jill's encouraging us to think the same way ourselves about our own self-talk. So pause and ask yourself, why am I thinking this? And as Jill said, isn't that interesting? And what does that mean? And where is that coming from? And asking yourself questions. So that's the second point. Encourage yourself to pause and ask yourself questions. The third and last thing that I want to encourage all of us to do, including myself, is journaling. I keep hearing over and over again about the power of journaling. And to be honest, I have tried it a few times. I do have a journal beside my bed, but I'm not great about writing notes there. I think what I'm going to do now is start a practice where at least once a day, I'm going to write in the journal, just stream of consciousness. What am I thinking about? What's important to me? What's going well? What do I need to work on? What am I grateful for? And I'm going to turn that into a practice where once every 24 hours, I'm making sure that I'm writing down some of my thoughts. So it's a matter of getting out some of that self-talk and really listening to the words that are in my head. I'm going to do that. And I'm also going to adopt this practice that Jill talked about in episode number 75. And she brought it up again here, how she carries a journal around with her 24 seven. And whenever she hears something that inspires her, or she gets a great idea, or she hears a quote, she writes it down. So, so I'm going to adopt both of these journaling techniques or practices. And I encourage you to do the same. Have one beside your bed, make sure that you write in it once every 24 hours and carry one around with you. Um, you might want to enter, enter this information in your phone in the notes function, or you might want to write it out with a pen in you know, a lined notebook. The point is, write down the stuff that you're thinking about, share your stream of consciousness, um, write it down, and really listen to your words. So those are the three things that I wanted to share with you as things we can do right now to become better at listening. Number one, watching the valence and the ratio of our positive to negative self-talk, aiming for a ratio of at least five to one. The second is really leaning into the power of pausing, not being so reactive, but taking a moment and observing, listening to what's going on in our head and asking ourselves questions like, why are you responding that way, Andrea? And really listening to yourself. And then the third thing is, practicing and encouraging listening to ourselves by journaling at least once a day and maybe also ad hoc by carrying a journal around with you. Okay. If you have any other insights that you want to share with me, I would love to hear it. You can contact me anytime if you email andrea at talkabouttalk.com. And also if you go to the website, 
talkabouttalk.com, you'll see a little button on the side where you can record a question or a comment from me, and you might even hear your voice on a future Talk About Talk episode. I've collected several now, and I'm saving them up to do an episode where I'm answering everyone's questions. So please leave me a message. I would love to share your question with the other listeners on the Talk About Talk website. While you're on the website, please sign up for the newsletter. Okay. You'll get an email from me once a week. No more. I promise. And no spam. I'm going to be coaching you on the communication tactics. Some of which you're going to hear in the uh, podcast and some that's independent of that. So this is your chance to get free communication coaching from me every week. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, I also really hope that you'll give us a positive rating on YouTube or Apple podcasts or however you're devouring this podcast. Please leave me a rating. And as I said, you can email me anytime. Thanks for listening and maybe even watching. Talk soon.